1: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Dan Hope, 11 Warriors, covers Ohio State. And Dan, um, we in Big 12 Country, plenty familiar with Will Howard. Uh, As he went into the transfer portal, you know, Miami and USC were the early visits. And then this last week, Ohio State popped up and... Until then, I'm sure many Ohio State fans in the college football world was a little puzzled as to what the plan was at quarterback after Kyle McCord. So how did this all come about and why Will Howard uh, being the best fit for them?
0: Yeah, so I first heard about it uh, shortly before the Cotton Bowl that, you know, Ohio State had been, you know, talking to Will Howard and that, uh, you know, there was a good chance that he was going to join. Uh, the Buckeyes and uh, they decided to wait until after the Cotton Bowl to finalize anything they wanted to see you know how how was Devin Brown going to look in that game and then of course you know Devin Brown got hurt in the first quarter of that game and they didn't really get a chance to really evaluate him and you know certainly I don't think they wanted to go into next year with a complete unknown at quarterback and so you know it was things moved pretty quickly I think after the Cotton Bowl in terms of you know, getting Will Howard, you know, on campus for an official visit and you know, finalizing that commitment.
1: Dan, why is this an upgrade uh, over Kyle McCord? How is it an upgrade in your mind over Kyle McCord?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, I, I don't know that I can sit here and tell you, oh, it's a definite upgrade. I mean, I think we kind of have to see how that plays out. I mean, if you look statistically, Kyle McCord was the better passer than Will Howard last season, but you know, Will Howard was not throwing the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr. either, so <laughs> yeah. that makes the. A- so, you know, I think the one thing that you can point to with Will Howard uh, that he has that Kyle McCord doesn't is a threat to make plays with his legs. I think that's something that certainly uh, can be beneficial to Ohio State, something that they really lacked this past season. And, you know, another thing, if you look at the numbers, uh, when they're, you know, under pressure in particular, Will Howard was a lot more effective throwing the ball under pressure at Kansas State than Kyle McCord was at Ohio State so when you you think about the Cotton Bowl we just watched how poor the offensive line was in that game obviously especially now that Will Howard is in the fold I think the number one priority for Ohio State now is making sure you fix that offensive line for next year but when you know that's going to be a position of uncertainty for next year having a quarterback who can do some damage with his legs and who can uh, create plays outside of a pocket like Will Howard can is certainly something that brings value.
1: So, he won't have Marvin Harrison Jr., which for any quarterback who doesn't have Marvin Harrison Jr. is a bummer, even if they never play with him, I'm sure, uh, because he's that good. He won't have uh, Abuka, uh, more than likely, right?
0: I've heard that there's a definite chance that Abuka could be back. So, obviously, oh. no final decision has been made he's got 10 days to announce his decision but I do believe Ohio State is optimistic that it can get a Mecca Buka back
1: I know that they they did lose uh, a recruit a five-star recruit from last year to NC State in the portal which was was kind of a weird thing I I thought but I'm sure you can shed some light on that as well so what weapons will he have coming back
0: yeah so you know obviously if a Mecca Buka comes back he will be you know the leader of that room uh, they did lose Marvin Harrison Jr. They did lose Julian Fleming, but they've got some very promising young talent. Carnell Tate is a guy who uh, really everybody in the program has raved about since he arrived last January, and he's certainly someone that I think they they are expecting to have that big second-year breakout next year. Uh, Brandon Innes is another... You know, five-star guy who's going to be entering his second year who has a lot of potential. And then there's Jeremiah Smith, who's the number one overall prospect in the 2024 class. And he's a guy that you don't see a lot of freshmen start at wide receiver at Ohio State, but I think there's a very good chance that Jeremiah Smith will start as a freshman at Ohio State. I think he's that good that it's going to be hard to keep him off the field, and he's someone who's going to have the potential to come in and make a huge impact right away.
1: Dan, just what's the temperature like in the room right now for Buckeyes fans? 11-2, and but they didn't want to be in a non-playoff game, obviously. Losing to Missouri, part of that, obviously, the quarterback injury, but still ending the season with the loss and obviously the loss to Michigan. But not only that, the double whammy of Michigan's now playing for a national title. Just What does it feel like in Columbus when it comes to the the temp of the, the program at the moment?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, there's certainly some unrest in Columbus right now, based on the way the season ended. As you mentioned, the loss to Michigan, of course. I mean, that's that's the game. That's that's what you know really seasons get defined by in Columbus. So to lose that game three years in a row, to finish eleven and two three years in a row. I mean, for most programs, going eleven and two three years in a row <laughs> would, but at Ohio State. The expectations are higher. And so I do believe that, you know, Ryan Day's seat is getting warmer going into next season because, you know, you, you, you've you heard it from Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State openly says every year its goals are to beat Michigan, win the Big Ten, and win the national championship. And Ohio State has now gone three years without achieving any of those goals. And so I think there is very much pressure on uh, Ryan Day and Ohio State to – you know beat Michigan and and get back into the college football playoff next year.
1: Well, look, now with the 12 team playoff though, you could not beat Michigan, not win the Big 10 and then win the national championship. Would that be the only pill they could swallow if those two things didn't happen?
0: Yeah, I mean certain certainly I think you know you win a national championship at the end of the day people are going to be yeah. happy and you know, like you said, I mean, I think, you know, when I, when I say, you know, you got to make the college ball playoffs, you know, I think that becomes the minimum expectation now for a program like Ohio State. You know, making a college ball playoffs has always been viewed as an accomplishment. But now for Ohio State, that's just what you're going to be expected to do every year. Because with 12 teams, you know, you look at the 10 years of a 14 playoff. Ohio State would have been in that 12-team playoff every single year. And so that's just going to be the minimum expectation is making the college football playoff. Then the question is, will Ohio State actually win games in the playoff and make a run at that national title?
1: So, Dan, a school with a lot of great receivers, where do you have Marvin Harrison Jr. in your sort of pecking order as far as Ohio State legacy goes?
0: I put him number one. I really do. I mean, you talk about a guy who's a two-time unanimous All-American. Ohio State had never had a unanimous All-American at wide receiver before Marvin. Uh, just the second Belitnikov Award winner in Ohio State history. He uh, I mean, certainly could be the highest drafted wide receiver in Ohio State history. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, being a younger guy. I mean, I, I didn't watch. You know, I didn't cover Chris Carter and Terry. Right. Some of those guys live, so it's a little bit of a different perspective when you covered someone but i just think you know how spectacular marvin has been over the last two years you know the one thing he doesn't have is he he doesn't have that win over michigan he doesn't have that championship to his name but i think if you just go off just individual greatness i don't think ohio state's ever had a better receiver than marvin harrison jr
1: So, Dan, uh, defensively, though, which was a fantastic unit uh, this past year, everything that Jim Knowles uh, was brought in to do, appeared to, except in the Michigan game, come to to fruition. Um, And even then, they still looked pretty darn good uh, in in a very tough game, in a rivalry game. Uh, And that looks like, well, Jack Sawyer's coming back, um, uh, Tyleek Williams coming back, uh, pretty much. I mean, they're not really losing many guys off that unit, are they? No, I mean, there's still a
0: few big NFL draft decisions they're waiting on. Certainly, Denzel Burke is a huge one at cornerback. JT Tuamol out at defensive end. Jordan Hancock at, at nickel. So, still a few, uh, you know, big decisions they're waiting on. But, you know, I do believe Ohio State's optimistic that it could get some, if not all, of those guys back. And so, you know, if they do, then I mean, that defense is going to be loaded. And so, I think, you know, there's every reason to expect Ohio State to have one of the best defenses in the country again next year.
1: So, uh, we started talking about w- Will Howard. We didn't really get into Kyle McCord a little bit. Was that surprising on your end, or was it just something that, that people maybe have felt was coming for a little bit? I mean, I, it
0: was definitely not expected that, you know, 7 a.m. the morning the transfer portal opened. <laughs> yeah. Be in the portal. I think that certainly caught a lot of people by surprise. You know, it, it was interesting because, you know, the day before the portal opened, Ryan Day had had a press conference to talk about, you know, being selected to play in the Cotton Bowl. And, you know, he was asked multiple times, you know, is, is Kyle going to be the starter going forward? And he kept not answering that question. And so when he started not answering that question, you started to get that vibe of like, okay, maybe, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe Kyle McCord's future isn't going to be at Ohio State. But, You know, I was surprised by how quickly it happened, but I think, you know, the reality of the situation was Ohio State just wasn't going to guarantee Kyle McCord the starting job for next season, and with him only having one more year of eligibility, he didn't want to take the risk of sticking around and potentially not being the starter for next year, and so that ultimately led to them going their separate ways.
1: Dan Hope, 11 Warriors. Dan, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.